This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown, the home of Make Something Mean Something. I am Kevin Lieber, and uh, with me, as always, is Matthew Tabor. We've been making things and, and meaning things. It's been good. It's not just been us, uh, as... As I mentioned uh, in the last show, NRM was on track to partner and uh, it cleared that hurdle. So uh, that was good. That actually actually happened. You know, the biggest fear is you're like, oh, this person is on the precipice of something amazing. And then the algorithm like stalls out and, and ruins their life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we we have been making lots of things behind the scenes. That's why our recording schedule is very wonky. So, you know, apologies for that, uh, you know, the, the pipeline, yeah, the pipeline is a little clogged and then unclogged, clogged once more. Uh, but we are doing our best to hop on when we can. And, uh, hopefully you will enjoy plucking the fruits of our labor, uh, about a month from now or so. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you is what date are you comfortable saying we will, we will do the big reveal by. And I think, I think a month is safe, isn't it? Better be a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it certainly uh, better be a month. That, that's for sure. And that's kind of all we'll say for now. But uh, uh, yeah, if it's not, something has gone quite well, badly wrong and, and yeah. we're in trouble. Yes, 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 yes. If you don't want us to be in trouble, then uh, mark your calendar. But in, in they do want us to be in trouble. Oh, that's not all nice. of them do. That's not nice. That's not nice. 10 minutes in the discord and you'll know that they're all out to get us. It's very evil of them. Make something mean as in being mean something. <laughs> um, so something popped in my, and this was very, very random. I don't know why this happens, but sometimes something just floats up from your subconscious and sticks in your brain for no reason. And that happened to me recently when I recalled a, an episode of intervention that I saw many years ago and uh, if anybody hasn't watched that, uh, the, the premise of intervention is pretty simple and it's all in the title. Uh, there is someone who is an addict. Uh, it doesn't matter really what they're addicted to, some sort of substance abuse problem, you know, alcohol, meth, Final Fantasy seven, heroin, Final Fantasy seven, orthopedic underwear, you know, they could be addicted to anything. <laughs> <laughs> they could be addicted to anything. And then, the, you know, the family, the loved ones stage an intervention uh, with the hope of uh, getting them to go to rehab to to get better. And what I'm about to say really has almost nothing to do with that. <laughs> I mean, it does, but it really doesn't. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good, a good preface. What it has to do with though, um, are the circumstances around this episode are fascinating to me. And I brought, I brought this up to you recently because, uh, you know, it was something I was thinking about talking to you about on the podcast and and you had some thoughts of your own about it. So uh, he, here's what yeah, you'll have to tell me again, because I, I don't I don't I don't listen when you oh, say oh, those things. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So it'll be fresh for you as as well as the, 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 the audience teacher and Charlie Brown. Wah, wah, wah. It's like, oh, let's talk about this video. Wah, 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 wah. I'm browsing eBay. Trumpet noises. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so the circumstances around this person who uh, became an addict and, and really, really needed help. You know, they give you the backstory to all of these people to let you know sort of, you know, if there were things that led them to becoming some sort of trauma, um, that sort of thing. In this episode, it really centered around a, a patriarch, um, a, gra a grandfather mm. or, or a father, really. I think perhaps it was the father and then there were grandkids involved too. But the point is, 
there was this one guy, okay, this this grandpa, this old guy that was amazing. He he started and and operated this business. He was really good at it. He was very successful at it. Uh, he folded his kids into the business. And everybody was thriving. This this was a, a wealthy family. You know, everybody was was well off. They were, you know, I think, as I, if I recall, they were kind of like country clubbing, like level of just affluent. Uh, everyone comfortable, yeah. Everyone's happy. They they are, you know, this the the American dream embodied. This family and everything is going really really well for all of them. They're all doing great. The patriarch, the grandpa, the guy who started the business, dies of natural causes. He passes away. He's an old man. And after that moment, without him being like the keystone linchpin of the family, it all crumbles. Everyone turns into a disaster. Uh, the business fails. Like everything bad you can possibly imagine happens once this one guy is no longer around to, 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 to just, I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm, that's kind of where I want to start with you is like, this is a thing, right? And this is why I thought it was interesting to talk about because, um, it's not a story that I see, at least in this scenario, in these circumstances told very often, as far as like movies and tv and but it's a thing that i think everyone either has a direct relationship to in some manner or like knows a family that's that's like this to some degree if it really could take just one person dying for like everyone around that person to fall apart uh, yeah yeah Th this is a thing first of all and it's a thing in a thousand different ways. And a lot of them seem frivolous to the point where, uh, you know, we make fun of them, but they're actually quite real. Uh, so the, the, the two spectrums that you have here, I think is, is one that, that family type thing where, you know, you're talking about this situation. There are actually, there are actually two, uh, big distinct sort of purposes of, of, of parents. Right. And, and I'm looking through the the chat and see we got a few of them in there a few of them in there not 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 everybody is is uh, a total incel um one is is you make good people right you have children and then you make them decent the other is when they you you make people who succeed you people who uh you pass the torch to in in a way that preserves everything you're talking about crumbling they're two really distinct tasks uh, and they're both very hard in their own ways, but, you know, first and foremost, somebody has got to be solid. You have these, the good family that you talked about and everybody's happy and, and doing their thing. That's hard enough. Uh, then having a plan for, uh, the succession is not, not many people have time to do that. You know, so this is obviously a super critical life thing, but this same force is at work with really goofy things. So for example, when a really popular TV show ends, you get these maudlin over the top tweets, uh, where, you know, somebody's meaning in life is now gone because the walking dead has aired its last episode. <laughs> you, you make fun of that person for being a boner. Um, but it's, it's really the same kind of thing where it's like okay this this played a role in my life and now that thing is gone and i don't quite know what to do i don't know if there's a an easy way to fill the vacuum i don't know if what i do is going to bring me as much joy if it doesn't then i'm stressed that i have lost the joy in my life this is uh, the struggle with with sports stuff and i felt that where i really I really enjoyed uh, bowling a lot. And I was at a point where I physically couldn't do it in a way that made me happy. And, you know, it's like, uh, all right, well, what's going to replace that? If anything, I didn't know. And it sucks. You know, the athletes retire and it's like, okay, now that I'm not playing, what do I do? 
So you're losing this this keystone thing, like you mentioned, that holds everything else together. And when it gets pulled out, whether it's uh, you know a grandfather or grandmother, or it's um, you know a hobby, this stuff can spiral out of control. Yeah, or a job. You know, losing a job, a job. right? That, sure. that that of course makes sense. Um, but with the the person thing, that that's what I thought was so unique about this. And mm-hmm. um, well, well, not not unique. What what's unique to me about it is that it it just doesn't seem like the tale is told often um, in that order in movies and stuff. Which you'd think if it was something that was such a human universal, we would be kind of inundated with relatable tales about this scenario. You know, the only two I could come up with that are kind of like this, but, but not, but really not. So I'm going to say that they're not like this are the Godfather and succession. So the Godfather, they're both pretty good. They're they're, they're like kind of of about this, but like also not. They are. So yeah. yeah, So in the Godfather, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen that, that's the, you know, the Godfather (laughs) dies. Um, And then the whole rest of the the movie and the sequels are about, you know, who replaces him, who becomes the new Godfather, you know, and there he's got a, a few kids who are different candidates and, um, you know, some make better replacements than others and whatever. The one who doesn't want to do it ends up doing it and ends up becoming a tyrant. That That's that's the Godfather. And then Succession, that whole TV show is about who's going to succeed the old man um, who's sick and going to die and running his, you know, media empire. And he's got a few kids and he's got a few candidates and the whole show is about like which one of these Kids are, you know, going to win. Who's going to win? Win this the big dad, you know, the big guy's chair at the end of the show. But what I'm talking about, um, it doesn't really seem to happen uh, in in movies, which is uh, kind of like so. So the reason that though I don't think those two shows are examples of what I'm talking about is like the Succession kids seem to be doing fine, um, even you know afterwards. If, if they'll be okay, uh, they don't turn into total messes. I mean, we don't exactly know what happens to all of them by the end of the show. Maybe one of them does, but the show's not about that, right? It's not about, um, what's his name? Logan or something. Roy, Logan Roy, I think his name. Oh, Logan Roy. Yeah. It's not like he dies in season one. And then the rest of the seasons, um, are about everyone around him crumbling to pieces, right? right? That's not the show. And there is Unless I'm like really misremembering or not not remembering some show, is there anything that's like that? Uh, I came I came up with one, uh, which is Soul Food, uh, which is a, a fairly obscure movie uh, that I saw on TV once, uh, but I I distinctly remember it because um, because of what you're you're talking about, which I've seen in. You know, I've seen it in real life with people and I remember watching it and thinking, you know, th- this is exactly, uh, this matches the reality that I know. Um, you know, but again, it wasn't hyper popular. Those shows you mentioned that are, they are not specifically about this, but they are about, they are about the build up to it. And that only works because people recognize what's about to happen here. You know, occasionally a show uh, like like The Godfather did a couple movies to show what happens in the wake of this, how it actually worked out. Um, you know, I don't know if there's going to be a succession spinoff, uh, but you you know that there's a prospect of all these people spinning off the rails and destroying whatever the person who's gone has built, whether it's family cohesion or whether it's a business empire, uh, legal in the case of Logan Roy and uh, less legal in, in the Corleone case, but like the one of the best parts of the Godfather series is seeing uh, one son Michael step up and struggle with that, and then another son Fredo just be a loser to the to the point where it, it significantly affects his family. Uh, it, it's tragic in that sense. But this is old, old stuff, and I'm I'm glad that that uh, Jen says in the chat that this is you know this is Hamlet. 
This is Hamlet. Uh, Hamlet's dad is killed, and then everything goes off the rails. It, it that that resonated with people because they know it happens this way. This is a major running theme in Roman history. I mean, centuries uh, after uh, Caesar, after Augustus, things start to they 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 start to decline a little bit, and then all of a sudden. It gets insane. And I mean insane to the point where there are periods in Roman history where there are like seven, eight emperors in one calendar year because they're all so garbage that they uh, either are immediately replaced or quite often killed. Um, it's always been this way. You know, I, I think um, uh, it's been a question since, you know, what happens when. You know, Grog, who's the most most powerful saber-toothed tiger clubbing warrior in the tribe, uh, dies. Then, then what happens? You know, I, I don't think that there's a worry about that at the time in advance of the thing happening. But now we do worry about it. Now we have the capacity to recognize how not just how things are, but how things could be. And there's always the grim uh, version of of how it could be. Um, what I what I really like about this topic is that it applies to kind of every every scenario and quite often in hidden ways. It's really obvious when you have the old person who is leading the family, you know, where you have the, the CEO running, you know, Roy Industries, whatever the hell it was. That that's clean and obvious. Uh <laughs> what if it's something or someone that that isn't easy to measure, that nobody even realizes, uh, is the linchpin to the whole thing. And if they don't realize, that means you may have some of these people in your life who play this role and you don't even recognize it. You may recognize it when they're gone, uh, but you may not. And something might get worse and you don't even know why. You will probably blame yourself. But the reality here is that uh, this thing all of a sudden is missing. And it disrupts you if it's in the case of that that single one person thing uh, or a, a collection of people. I don't know what you've been sipping, but you've got it all wrong. It's time to commit to the leaf. We've embraced the smoothness and surprising pick-me-up that tea provides. I literally drink it all day long, nearly a gallon a day, and it powers me through research, script writing, and forums on websites that I refuse to name here. But we don't drink normie NPC tea. We drink cultured and refined anime tea from the Dragon's Treasure. Kevin still likes the gunpowder green called Space Cowboy, and I've sampled nearly 40 Dragon's Treasure teas at this point. Lately, I've been slamming black teas like Kentucky Bourbon and Liquefied Berserk Despair. Scottish Breakfast is deep and peaty, and I smooth it over with Sebastian's Morning Earl Grey, which has the best vanilla cream taste I think I've ever had in a cup. Give me a pot of that with a hot meatball sub from Sal's Pizza and Brooks Barbecue Chicken to wash down my last meal on death row. I highly recommend the sampler packs. You'll want to try everything just like I did. I literally have not had one tea that I wouldn't be happy to reorder. The Dragon's Wings membership fuels new tea experimentation and the Tea of the Month Club provides a regularly scheduled surprise. And when you order from the Dragon's Treasure using code CREATE, You'll get 10% off your order. That's 10% off using the code CREATE at thedragonstreasure.com. The link's in the description. Yeah, so when I was thinking about it in terms of, I don't know, what I find missing about the recognition of this is like, obviously there's the hero's journey. Everyone knows those stories where it's like, oh, it's Luke Skywalker and he becomes this Jedi master. And like, there's like that. So like we recognize it that way, right? Obviously we all know that story. And I think that when it comes to um, the opposite of this, like the dark, the dark side of it, I guess to stay on Star Wars, I think everyone obviously uh, believes the fact that one person can do a lot of harm, right? Uh, you see this all day long, whether, you know, no matter who it is, it's like this one person is so bad for the world and doing tons and tons of harm. But I don't see that much on the other side of it, though, where it's like, wow, they, like this one person is really doing like a, a lot, a lot of good and 
it's I just think it's taken for granted in a way that when we see someone doing bad, everyone like recognizes it and points to it. Mm-hmm. When we see someone doing good, it is really easy for that to be invisible until, like you said, they're gone and everything turns to garbage. <laughs> it's like, what happened? Yes. It's like, oh, yeah, that person was like lifting up all of this other stuff and yeah. we didn't appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, it's so hard to define because it's different in so many cases. And sometimes you know it explicitly and most of the time you don't. Uh, I, I do think that a lot of people realize this with with things like losing parents and grandparents because they don't understand how important that person was to them uh, until you know little things come up that that aren't there anymore. I was actually talking to my mom about this uh, the other day in slightly different terms, it, but it, but her father was somebody who could fix absolutely anything. I I mean, insane level of of DIYer. Um, and well, you don't fully appreciate that uh, until you don't have somebody to call to fix your sink, <laughs> and then you don't have somebody to call to to diagnose this problem. You know, you know that your driveway is cracking, but you don't know what the issue is. Um, and this starts to pile up, and then you know, five years later, uh, you realize what it adds up to. Um, it's it's hard to have the perspective on that. And again, it's so clear when it's that business kind of setting because you can see like quantitative measures of the operation being affected. This thing takes a lot longer now. Uh, this thing got more expensive. Uh, people are quitting at a, a higher thing. Well, when it's something like the intervention example, oh, you don't know at all what what the common thread is or what the impetus for a thing is. You know, somebody goes down a bad path. Well, people just do that anyway. And that can be, almost always is, a a result of something that's happening exclusively to them. And then, well, it happens to another one. You know, did that happen in part because uh, the first one went off the rails and that affected them? You know, it's like this starts to happen seven, eight times and years later, everybody's a mess. Uh, then maybe you're able to look and say, okay, all of this started at this particular point in time. And then you can begin to have a hope of untangling it, but only then do you realize the importance of the whole thing. Uh, you take everything for granted until that point. This is as simple as, uh, I, I hear this with people lamenting that their favorite, you know, YouTube people don't do this stuff anymore you take that for granted at the time. Um, I, you never quite know how it's going to change or how much you enjoy a thing. Most of the people who I really enjoyed on YouTube are not there anymore. A really good example is psychic pebbles. He's one of the funniest people I have ever encountered and ever will. And he's doing something else now. And it kind of didn't occur to me, uh, until, he moved on to bigger and better things that that meant, Oh, okay. No more, you know, get out of my car animations. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it's like, Oh, I miss, I miss those, whatever. And you can go to something like old episodes of sleepy cabin and people are still watching it and commenting and saying, you know, this is my 38th time listening because I just, I just need this. Uh, so it can happen in those soft ways, but you don't know. You don't know until you're you're deep into the thing. Uh, Taylor says, um, it's funny, Taylor, whose uh, appended name is Zoomer15, which gives you a sense of perspective, says, you know, sorry, you've all got to go through this. Well, let me tell you, Taylor, unfortunately, you will be us uh, at some point, whether you lose, um, you know, you lose your... Animators on YouTube, or you, <laughs> you know, have some life thing change. Uh, but but this truly is an every person problem. It just is. You can be a hermit who lives on a mountaintop, and you're there for a reason. Well, at a certain point, if you begin to wonder if that reason is strong enough, it's if it's worth the life you have, you're losing something, and you 
just questioning that will significantly alter uh, how you how you feel during the day. So like literally it's impossible to be immune from this. The best you can hope for is that you don't have to deal with it for a long time. So the the flip side of the of the whole thing and really the reason that I was thinking about it more and more is is not it's not what we've been talking about. We've been talking about sort of the 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 terrible fallout and after effects of what happens to everybody. But before that, okay, so before that, it is an astonishing thing to recognize and think about just how much of a positive effect one person Mm. can have around everybody that they know. The amount of like boundless positivity that you can put into the world just as one person is is kind of scary shocking and inspiring i think all at the same time you know it does uh, in a lot of ways like i said it, it it goes unrecognized mostly uh which isn't like awesome but at the same time it's recognized in ways in which really every you and everyone around you are better off and are doing well and are you know like flourishing just because one person is sort of kind of dragging everybody else, you know, up the mountain. I don't really, do you know what I mean? Does that make any sense? It does. You're either fulfilling a responsibility for them or they're getting something out of them. You know, and I think the like the most uh, accessible example of this is, is thinking of a uh, really good teacher. Um, you know, being influential on a lot of people's lives. I didn't have many of those until I was older, but I I know that, you know, it's like when I I sign up for a thing that has security questions and it's like, what's your favorite teacher from high school? And I'm just like, okay, X that out. (laughs) I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to play this game. Uh, but, but no, I mean, that's a really clear example where it's like, you can realize down the line, uh, how, important in a positive way that person was for you. Uh, when you mentioned this topic, I thought there's a corollary to everything we talked about last week. And to, to catch anybody up on that, Kevin had a theory that that is 100% accurate, that uh, this quarterback for the 49ers, Brock Purdy, is massively underappreciated. And people are act- actively saying he stinks despite uh, irrefutable evidence that he doesn't. Well, he is outstanding. He's one of the best. There's no question about that. And every metric points to it. What's interesting here and how it relates to this topic is that nobody knew, absolutely nobody knew. And when you think about the scale of nobody knowing, it gets pretty crazy. Uh, He did not go to an absolutely top tier college. He wasn't recruited by the top 10 teams in the country. He was drafted literally last, which means what is it? Thirty-two teams at this point, or is it thirty? Yeah, I think it's it was picked two sixty-two or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Every one of these teams who have a dedicated staff uh, identifying talent and deciding how to choose that talent, then dedicating many millions of dollars over all of their draft picks to the acquisition and development of that talent, building organizations around it. Uh, there's a, a tremendous amount of thought and analysis that goes into this. But then the 49ers draft this guy and they don't recognize his talent. He's third on the depth chart. He's behind a number two that they did significantly sacrifice the future to trade for, trade up for. They put shocking resources into a guy who they thought was going to be great. They put nothing into Brock Purdy. They were completely and totally wrong about all of it. And the only reason they ever found out was because of a series of injuries that made it so he had to play. There was no other option. You have these people who are at the the best in the world at identifying and cultivating talent, which is why they work at the NFL level. They have more resources than anybody can fathom. And for years and years and years, nobody involved in this process at all had any inkling of this man's talent. When when you talk about uh, when you talk about people doing 
good or not being appreciated uh, as as being an important person. Um, think how often that is you. And I mean you as anybody listening. Think of all the opportunities that could be you where you can fulfill the, the roles that Kevin's talking about and have the impacts that he's talking about. But right now, there's no indication. <laughs> there's no indication that you would. There's no indication that anybody values you to that degree. This stuff happens in secret all the time. I wonder if I, I, I actually doubt that Brock Purdy himself had any sense of how good he was. I don't think he himself knew until he was put on a stage where he could execute it at a, a level that he was probably much higher at than than even he himself projected. You know, this weaves in to some themes that we've mentioned and and you know, one that I will continue to mention through the year, which is you have to you have to do things. You have to just plain do things because that tends to be where you discover uh what what you really know, what you do, what other people value, what impacts you can have. Because in this case of Brock Purdy, the man himself didn't know. No one responsible for him knew. No one knew. There's not a person alive. And anybody who says they are is is lying. And people still act like they don't know. They still think that he still has mm-hmm. haters and people who think that he sucks even while he's achieving, you know, record level of playing success. But I want to go back a second to the hero's journey thing because, you know, we all watch these movies and we read these books and we play these video games where there's this chosen one Mm -hmm. who emerges from obscurity to save the world. Uh, You know, after going through a series of challenges, experiencing loss, sacrificing themselves, whatever it is. And at the end, they save the world. And we love that story. It's everywhere. It's all that we pay attention to. And I always think to myself, well, what does that mean? You know, if you take if you take that story literally, it's ridiculous and it's impossible. No one is there are no real dragons to slay. There is no evil queen that you have to topple. (laughs) Like none of none of that is real. What is real, though? is a story like this, you know, patriarch from intervention or the the matriarch in soul food who lives a certain way that just makes everyone else's lives including their own way better. That's a real hero's journey story. That is saving the world. Cuz what is the world other than you and the people around you? If you're saving yourself and the people around you, you're saving the world, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. The world can be just you. It can be just you and your cat. It can be you and your brother and your mom. (laughs) The world is actually not very big. It doesn't have to be. Uh, You can have a tremendous effect on what seems like an insignificant number of people, but, but you have to remember that the whole world is really just a, a big combination of all those individual people. That, that, that's how it works. Um, none really any more or less important than the other. Uh, so are, if you are this person for two people, are you only one-tenth as good as, as a person who, who is that person for 20 people? No, that's dumb. The The math doesn't work that way. What matters is that uh, you've done this for two people, and that is remarkable. That is a remarkable thing. You know, and this is what the intervention scenarios show, uh, where it's like this one person was holding together 10 or 12 people. And who knows what's how their lives are constructed? You know, they have friends and boyfriends and girlfriends and coworkers and like this stuff expands. This circle of one gets gigantic very, very, very quickly. Uh, it's it, it turns into thousands for every person in the world. Sometimes it's direct in a human to human way. 
<laughs> it can be weirdly indirect. Okay, you're a disaster uh, with your health. You have preventable, 100% preventable health issues. You don't take care of them. Congratulations, you've made uh, health insurance that much more expensive for all of the other people in your plan's subscriber pool. Yeah, <laughs> nobody is is getting the bill for health insurance each month and and shaking their fist that you know John across town made their bill go up by twelve cents. That doesn't happen in a rational way, but that that's what actually happens. <laughs> that's that's the way it actually works. Uh, so it can be those meaningful, emotional, in-person ways. It can be a measurable thing like how efficient, how many uh, yards you gain on the average throw. Uh, or it can be a really distant, impersonal thing that ends up uh, affecting thousands or sometimes millions of people. Dan the Latch says, isn't this just It's a Wonderful Life? which is a movie that I know about, but I don't think I've ever actually sat through. So in that movie, I know that the premise is that this guy um, is shown like what what the people around him's life would be like when he's not around. Isn't that right? Is the guy going to kill himself? And then like an angel comes and says like, you shouldn't do that because look at what will happen. Is, 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 that, what, <laughs> is that what happens? So is that exactly the movie that I'm saying that I've been saying doesn't exist that explains this entire process acutely. Dan says it's the last 30 minutes okay. of the movie. Okay. And I, I mean, uh, the implications of, of, uh, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge, Scrooge's, uh, bad actions. He gets to see, you know, how things played out and how they are and how they, they will be. And that's a message to, uh, not be a bad guy. You know, Richter says there are many variations of that story. And yeah, now that we're pulling on that thread, uh, I, I think there are a lot of very positive and very negative versions of that story. It, it touches on the whole spectrum. I don't think we get a lot of them now. I don't think. I was going to say those are so such old examples. It's a Wonderful Life was yeah. like, when did they make that? In the 40s? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't remember if I saw it at the, at the talkies. <laughs> Pop gave me a gave me a nickel and dropped me out of the Model T. 1946. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> the 40s. Yeah, man. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Yeah, we're... we're it, it. Jen says it's old fashioned. It is, you know, I think people feel like they need to be past those types of foundational stories. I feel the opposite way. I feel like you always tell those stories. Uh, you do them differently as all, um, because those are the real stories. Those are the real stories. You know, so, you know, I mentioned, you know, we talked about the parent type stuff and I, I mentioned these two tasks that, you know, you make little, little versions of people who are a blend of yourself and the individual that they are. And then you also have a thing that's carried down. Ideally, if you have something worth carrying down, some people truly want their next generation to be, you know, significantly different. Um, but you know, I, I, I see that, uh, you know, I, I've seen that play out over the last year where, uh, I don't have, I don't have that. Um, you know, I've lost my parent, and now I'm going off the rails situation because, you know, I have lost one parent now and I was equipped with everything that that parent could give me. 
So, you know, my dad is not physically there anymore. And I, there's things that can't be replaced. You know, I'm never going to walk into that house and see him. And so, you know, that there's no way around that. Uh, but all the values and, and all of that are 100% there. Um, I see when that has happened to some other people and that trans, that transfer of, of values and all of that never happened. And now they are on their own and ill-equipped. Uh, it, it's brutal. It's really brutal. Um, you know, and it's, I think you can generalize what that situation is to the slightest little thing. And here's, here's an example. I was buying, I was grocery shopping, which for me, once a month entails buying six gallons of almond milk, nine dozen <laughs> eggs, and one gallon of plain yogurt. <laughs> so specific. So, it's so weirdly specific. Well, it is because I can only fit six <laughs> gallons in my fridge. I'd buy more, but I, I have nowhere to put it. It is unsweetened. It's vanilla, but it's unsweetened. 30 calories every eight ounces, no sugar. Um, why not whole milk? Because of the calories and the carbs. It's just a little Am so, American psycho to me when you put it that way. That's all. Yeah, no, it, it 100% is a function of how long it takes for something to go bad and how much of it I can store yeah. in my fridge. <laughs> yeah. That's it. But anyway, so it's the same thing every time. And like, uh, you know, I get the weird look from the cashier every time too, because it's a, 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 you know, unconventional set of things to put on the belt. But so anyway, I was there last weekend and this woman ahead of me was like acting as if there was a gun to her head. And if she didn't go fast enough, a bomb was going to go off. It was really strange. And the, the cashier kind of snapped at her about it and told her like, you need to chill. Now the cashier was not wrong. This woman needed. Yeah. Like, like in a movie where they, they tackle the, the mental patient and then inject something in their arm and they go limp. That woman needed that, that moment. Um, but I thought about it. I'm like, you know, she could have been calmed down in a way that didn't make her feel terrible. And now this woman is pushing her cart out into the parking lot, doubly annoyed because she just got called out for being, you know, bonkers when the cashier could have, you know, said like, oh, don't worry about it. We've got all the time in the world, which I mean, I was waiting behind and I didn't have all the time in the world. But you know what I'm saying? More, more, like, yeah, more like been. a kindergartner teacher, yes. kindergarten teacher style. That's right. <laughs> Some patience. Yeah. And I thought. If she'd done something like that, which I had time to think because it was taking so long, she goes out into the parking lot more relaxed and her next few hours are that much better. Now she's probably doubly on edge and her next few hours are that much worse. And all it is, is the cashier at the store choosing to push one button instead of the other. In mm -hmm. this, this turns into hours and who knows how many people, you know, the, the exponential effect that happens here gets insane fast. Well, it's the butterfly you know. effect with which I think somebody mm -hmm. mentioned in the chat earlier. There's, there's that, mm -hmm. that bit of it as well. That's really what you're talking about here. Yeah. So you get these massive existential moments where somebody's loss can, can just cause absolute chaos in an otherwise tight knit, happy family, successful family, like you described with intervention or you can have the littlest tiny thing where somebody like smiling at you on the street can significantly alter your mood. It can, it can change your day, you know? So there's a spectrum of being that linchpin in a person's existence to be, you know, all the way to being just doing a little tiny bit. And there is no reason, no reason at all that you can't be, Everything on that spectrum, a fair amount of the time. The only thing stopping it is really you, you know, getting your shit together. There's no other way to put it. Um, you know, it's really hard to be all those things sustainably when you yourself are, you know, mired in, in trouble. One thing I wanted to ask you about this, because I think it has to be asked, is how much, you know, responsibility and this, this, the more I thought about it, the more ridiculous it sounds, but it's a real thing is that, you know, how much responsibility, if you are going to drag all those people up the hill with you, do you then have to teach someone in that group 
to carry the reins when you fall, when you're gone. Because the scenario in the intervention, I mean, I don't, I don't know the guy. I don't know the family. It was just a TV show that I watched. So I don't know the inner workings of exactly how it all played out. All I know were the result. The, the, the results were that this one guy died who basically gave them all a great life. And then when he was gone, all of their lives turned terrible and miserable. Does that guy bear a responsibility that they were too dependent, perhaps, on him, you know? And when he was gone, they all fell apart. To what degree is that his fault? <laughs> like that, that yeah. you know what I mean? Like there's a side it, of this yeah. where it's like, okay, there is also the, a downside here that's possible to, you know, being the lighthouse for everyone. And then the lights go out and everybody's in the dark. <laughs> yeah, because you never taught them to to have the the night vision, uh, or to to know their surroundings. Like you know, there are certain places you can navigate in the dark. You know, to get up to go to the bathroom in your own house. You know, you don't <laughs> jam your toe every time because you're familiar with it. But no, that that's a huge topic. That's its own episode where it's it's like how much handholding should you do? How much guidance should you give? And and when do you? Uh, you know, take the training wheels off and then when do you let go of the handlebars and, and then just hope it works out for your kid on the bike. Uh, you know, you, you hope the scrapes aren't too bad. Um, that is a massive issue on creative, which is why I absolutely want to talk about that at some point. Uh, it's, we've talked about delegating stuff, giving up control on things like, you know, the YouTuber who edits their own videos and does all of that. Yeah. Well, because it's hard to get the result they want uh, if if somebody isn't properly you know set to do it. And we know, you and I know how hard that is to develop somebody into it. It takes a great deal on our end and on the other end. Uh, everybody can be 100% bought into the process and have their head in the right place. And it's still a hard thing. You know, Dan the Latch is in the chat. I've been working on some research stuff with him uh, recently, and it took us literally 25 hours to start to crack the nut and figure out how to do it. And it's not because either of us was resistant. Neither of us made it harder than it needed to be. It just, this is the process, you know? And so it's such an inexact science that when you talk about people, uh, you can, you can overdo it and underdo it, uh, when it comes to, to stuff like kids and you never know which one you were or if you got it right until something kind of tests them and you see whether it worked or it didn't, um, where you see them doing, you know, stuff with their own kids. And, you know, now this is, it's a crazy kind of untangleable phenomenon to me. Yeah. And it does, you know, I, I didn't mean to undermine my own point of this whole thing, which is like, you know, you can have so much positive effect that you don't even recognize it on other people around you. And then at the same time, be like, and then it could go horribly wrong at the same, you know, afterwards. But that is part of the story. That is part of, mm -hmm. you know, the reality of this stuff happening. So, yeah, it is complex. I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by it in all respects. You know, we talked about football last week. Um, this happens in football where how much stock do you put in one person? And how much do you build a system where you, you can replace that person? Uh, it, it is, <laughs> it's, it's everything. It seriously is. I, I'm, I'm trying not to make it like this. You throw your hands up because it's so complex, but like even in a personal relationship, how you, you have to find a blend when you're in a relationship with somebody between what is, uh, how much of you is that relationship and how much kind of independence do you have? And most everybody needs it a, a kind of different balance uh, and to find somebody else who's compatible with that balance and who gets what they need from that balance. It's really difficult to do. But, you know, some people, you know, I know couples who are wildly successful as couples who are very, they, they kind of exist together. It, they exist in a slightly parallel fashion and that's it. And I know uh, couples who do well spending literally every minute of of the available time with them with each other and they're they're both happy and everything in between can work so it's like what level of tight fit and loose fit 
is the right one there? You know, and it's the same with a parent situation. It's the same with a management situation. How much oversight do you have with your employees versus how much uh, do you let them do their thing? You know, Google got Google got famous having that. What was it like? Twenty percent of time is is your own to do whatever. Uh, yeah, some some other. I mean, not with whatever, but you could uh, define um, yeah a different project outside of essentially what you were assigned to do um, with twenty percent of your time. Yeah, so basically one day a week you were working on something that you're personally really interested in developing. Right. It's a, it's the same concept. It's the same concept because you don't want things to go off the rails. You don't want your employees to burn out and everybody quits and you've got crazy turnover and you're in a constant cycle of just hiring new people instead of uh, cultivating your talent. Well, that's not any different than the intervention family. You know, you've got a situation where everybody goes off the rails, you know, and you want to find out how to be that person who who gets the best out of everybody and, and who can, you know, be depended on whatever the right function is here you know and it's like how tight how loose because you want that result where you are that for somebody else um and you're you're not swinging into the 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 realm of of harm whether you're actively causing harm or you're creating conditions where that person can harm themselves which is you know that's the absent situation in in the uh intervention example where all of a sudden it sounded to me, I didn't watch the episode, but it sounded like now that the conditions were different, these people lived in such a way that, that they largely harmed themselves. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the analogy I kept thinking of, like, as we're talking about it was, was almost like the, this guy had a hot air balloon and he was carrying everybody up, 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 up. And then his hot air balloon burst and they all fell and they fell from a great height. It can be as simple as like on, on that family side, it really is as simple as when, for example, the, the, the mom, the grandmother, the grandfather, whatever is gone. Well, everybody always every year had Thanksgiving at their house now because they were, you know, at the top of the pyramid. Now they're, they're gone. Whose house are we going to have it at? Who's going to cook? Are we going to rotate this every year? (laughs) <laughs> if if you're married uh, and you you went to your own parents' house for Thanksgiving, uh, now is the new tradition you go to your in-laws for Thanksgiving? I, I mean, this I'm using a hyper-specific example, but all of a sudden the conditions have changed such that it's a lot more complex. And when people start to figure these things out, it can get it can really strain relationships. So. I have a feeling in the situation you talked about that this guy was kind of the decision maker. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and this was the Godfather situation too, where somebody's got to make the decisions. Uh, how are we going to do that now? Is somebody going to kind of rise to the top? Are the ones who aren't that person going to accept that? This was the best part of succession is the internal dynamics of the, the second generation with with not only what are we going to do, but if it's not me, am I okay with my brother and my sister doing it? This gets out of control very, very quickly. When you watch shows like, you know, we love The Prophet with Marcus Lemonis. I, I don't think that's still on, is it? Um, Kitchen Nightmares is back again, which is awesome. Um, I, I've been watching it on Hulu. This is a common theme in these businesses, is that this was thriving when you know, Papa Frank, uh, <laughs> was, you know, making the meatballs and he put 45 years into it. And now, you know, little Tito is taking over. <laughs> this is, uh, this is the, the one moment where we, we really miss having a video podcast. Kevin is, is expiring. I can't, a, oh. half a can of Coke just, just, went into his lungs came out of my nose <laughs> uh, i just didn't know Wait, what names you were going to choose and what the food well, was I, didn't either just, until I-, I know you didn't that's what made it funnier was as it just like continually just fell out of your mouth <laughs> and i didn't know what would fall out next 
it just made it that much funnier. These restaurants and businesses are in the point where are at the point where they need, you know, Gordon Ramsay to come in precisely because they can't figure this this problem out. You know, it's been run into the ground because that original person isn't doing it anymore. And for one reason or another, the kids are not equipped to to maintain that business. And some of them don't don't really want to. And they're only doing it out of obligation. You get this crazy uh like kaleidoscope of motivations here, which is what makes all of those shows so intriguing, you know, but what do you do? What do you do? And they never thought it would be that hard for them until that person was gone. It's so hard you for know? them. That's what those, I'm glad you brought up kitchen nightmares. Cause that is the, such a great example of this because yeah, like uh Papa Frank and his meatballs are gone. And then you have these, mm-hmm. you know, two, three, four siblings or whatever you would think would be able to just keep the this ship running and they can't They've got the recipe. The ship is already moving. All they have to do is come in and just start making the meatballs. And I think his name is Franco, by the way, they just call him Frank. You know, he anglicized, right. he anglicized his parents. Franco's parents were, were immigrants from Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was named Franco, but you know, at school, they just called him Frank and that stuck. And this is part of the story. This is part of the process. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's a turnkey thing. Personnel changes a little bit, and that's that, but everything is substantially the same. And it is. Nothing has changed except Frank, who's now retired. Let's say he's not passed, but it's like finally time for him to retire. So he's hung up his apron. Uh, and he was just the magic person that made that thing successful. And that's just, that's the concept here, is that the world is full of these magic people. And I, I don't know. I, I think it goes kind of largely ignored it's kind of weird mm-hmm. yeah i i think there are situations too benjamin james is talking in the chat here um about uh about uh, you know it's kind of bad leadership if if uh it can't run without you and i think in a lot of those those situations like that's clear to look at a business that's failing and say yeah this this got done wrong it's not always clear to draw that same conclusion in in a family situation or to even recognize that you're at the country club with your family every Sunday precisely because somebody is doing a great job with leadership. <laughs> like you, you can't figure these things out uh, very well. But sometimes it is really hard to replicate. And we've talked about this with YouTube stuff. I've been dealing with it with writing. Uh, uh, I've been working with somebody for about a month on how, how do you train a good writer to write videos which is a super weird thing and not really like anything else it's not even like like writing other visual things it's not like writing a play it's not like writing a movie it's completely different on youtube can you replicate that and some things you can and some things are they seem impossible if they can be replicated i haven't figured them out uh you know tap being able to identify a spot to tap a specific emotion I don't know how you put somebody else in a position to recognize that thing because it's not explicit. It's just something that you know how to do from, you know, a great deal of experience and they don't have the experience yet to, to seize on that thing. So, so there's this big question of, uh, is it even possible to do it right? You know? And I think a lot of parents are in a bad spot because man, some people are just difficult. And some people do what they do. And it doesn't matter how great that parent is, what resources they provide. You know, people are people. Yeah, you can lead a <laughs> horse to water, but you can't make them drink, that sort of thing. I mean, that that's, that's certainly part of this, right? And what I was saying earlier, like how much is that person to blame? The, yeah. the flip side or the, you know, the other question is, well, What's wrong with all of the other people, the people who not, none of them could figure it out. Like none of them with such a great mentor or such a great uh, uh, mentor might be uh, the wrong word. Cause that would require some sort of uh, like direct mentorship, but just an example, say it's indirect mentorship. Yeah. Right. An example to look toward, to say, Hey, this is the way, you know, you wake up at this time every day and you, do this sort of thing and you take care of these people this way and you let this thing slide because, you know, maybe down the road, you know, burning that bridge today 
will not will will be a bad thing because maybe you'll need them later. I don't know. Whatever all those like little tiny life lessons are. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, like tip tip this delivery guy because, you know, there may come a time where that will pay off in uh, a lot more ways than you can recognize today. Those like you don't know, those type of little things that add up to create a person. And then the next person yeah, doesn't do those little things and everything is bad. Everything you just described too, 100% depends on the receiving person receiving it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and I think it's much more grim even than, you know, you lead the horse to water and you can't make it drink. Well, that's true. But sometimes you can't stop the horse from jumping into the water and drowning itself. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, right. like that is quite impossible uh, sometimes. And, you know, you mentioned intervention. There's only so much that a family can do for somebody who is, uh, you know, mired in addiction, for example, because they're, they're just simply forces at play that the, the people in that person's life cannot influence directly. They, it's not possible. It's impossible. Uh, you know, and sometimes it's people just doing what they want to do, uh, you know, and, and that happens uh, you know, with, with the work stuff, um, you know, we've done a really good job. I'm, I'm comfortable celebrating us with this, finding people to work with who do the right blend of that. So for example, we've worked with, with John Swan on editing for a long time. He's very good and he's a very good fit because he, he goes rogue appropriately. He will put his own touches into things and, uh, and identify spots that, you know, for example, you, you have an emotional buildup and he'll use music that makes that happen uh, where we didn't see it until he edited it that way. And what he doesn't do is, is say like, yeah, I cut this 90 seconds because I thought it sucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. We never have to deal with that right. with him. We don't have to go back and forth on anything, um, you know, but that is the real process with a lot of people you work with where they do it the way they think it should be done uh, and there's less flexibility you know they they're it, it again it fits everything you know you, you get this with quarterbacks where some of them follow a play uh, that's called to the letter sometimes for for good and other times they shouldn't have and they did it anyway and got a crummy result others go rogue all the time they go rogue and a coach might be comfortable with that. Uh, you know, we mentioned the bills, the quarterback for the bills, Josh Allen goes rogue all the time. And the coach lives with it because he thinks the benefits outweigh the negatives. He's a pretty good rogue. Uh, he's a good rogue. It works out, <laughs> but there are other coaches who would be driven to insanity by that level of autonomy happening. So you have to find the blend on all of this stuff. What I do feel is the only certain thing about all of this is that you have a thousand opportunities every single day to influence the odds of a better outcome on tiny things and significant things. You don't have the control. You, you can't make the horse drink. Most of the time, you can't actually you know, draw a straight line between A and B. But you can influence the odds. That cashier could have been the perfectly sweet you know, responder that put that woman in a position to have a better mood and to relax. And she still doesn't anyway. Well, what can you do? <laughs> you did your part. You, you go from there. All you can do is, is all you can do. Mm -hmm. um, but you still keep doing it. And you do it at every available opportunity. Uh, and I think that, you know, over time, y you will find how valuable you are to other people. Yeah. All right. So that is, uh, that is, that is what I've been thinking about lately. Um, it definitely went a lot deeper and all over the place than I thought it would, but that's a good thing. And that is what I hoped for. Um, so yeah, what is the hero's journey? I don't know, but you know, Sephiroth's not real. So you can slay him in Final Fantasy VII, but uh, in real life, it might be making a meatball. And if your name is uh, Franco. Uh, all right. Well, little, little Tito needs to figure little, it out. Little Tito. Or little Tito's wife is going to leave him. Mm. His kids are going to resent him. He's going to go bankrupt. Little Tito. He's going to be yeah. on the next episode of Intervention. Unless he becomes Big Tito. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
That's right. All right. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash the create unknown. We will be back next week. Until then, see you, Space Cowboys. Thanks for listening to The Create Unknown. We make this show with the support of our patrons. 100% of that goes directly to keeping episodes going every week, and the recent support has been amazing. Sidpoke, NRM, Venture Addicts, Weezer Good, you all really do make this show happen. Thank you to the Tots and Dumpster crew, old and new, who save tiny little lives every month. Thank you to our grizzled, battle-hardened child infantry. Clemente De Los Santos, Dan Malatch, Demetrius Andrews, Erica, Farrakhan, Jen Mefasanti, Kevin Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Monahim, Natsu, Penny Peddler, Risebread, Ryan Kinder, Samuel Manser, Sean S., Sean Malone, and Tom Bidioger. And a tremendous shout-out to our elite baby gang commanders. Atrocious Guff, Cat, Dojangles, Graham Robertson, James Gallagher, Jeff Davis, Orange Vanilla Coke, Patrick Pister, TCU's personal pilot, Andy, Ryan Carroll, Baseweight, Vinthos, Yetus Deletus, Jonas Walter, Nathan Robinson, Chelksies, and, of course, Trevstead. You are the elite. Thank you as well to our indentured servants, producer-editor Ben Webster, Minecraft mogul Laterman, Discord kitten wrangler Conrad, and producer emeritus Dan Yoshua. Thanks to Baseweight for use of Created in the Unknown for the opening theme. Thanks to Electro Voice for giving us mics to sound good on top of it. And a special thanks to Main Gear for powering all of our PC endeavors. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production in partnership with Studio 71. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.